0: Hey, I'm Richie Fike of the band Fike, and you're listening to Frequency.FM.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Frequency.fm podcast. I'm Dan Thompson, and I'm joined once again with my co-host, Joe Brookhouse. How are you, Joe?
2: Hey, I'm doing very well. Thank you, sir. And it's episode three, and gosh, we're so happy that you decided to queue us up again. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, we're on our third podcast Um We had a two-parter for the first two, and uh, we had a lot of good feedback on it. Great, great artist, songwriter, so much information um, from those interviews, and hopefully people got something out of um, either one. If you only listen to one, I I do encourage you to listen to the other because uh, Richie Fike had a lot to say about the realities of the Christian music industry as well as just life in general.
2: Yeah, so if you haven't listened... To those yet, obviously we're not going to take them down anytime soon, and we really encourage you to have a listen. Whether you're an artist, you aspire to be involved in Christian music in one way or the other, or you're just a supporter of Christian music, cue up that uh, interview and and listen to to some of the wisdom that comes out of his uh, recent experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, we have a website. Most of our information is based from frequency.fm. We tried to make it very easy for people, Uh, but music isn't all we talk about. We do have other things that we share, uh, reviews. Um, We have recent book reviews, including uh, the book Platform by Michael Hyatt. And uh, what was another book, Joe?
2: I reviewed a book called The Most Important Thing Happening by Mark Steele, which is a work of, uh, we'll call it Christian fiction, I suppose, but uh, An interesting book and one that uh, if you enjoy um, a unique twist on a story... That's one you should pick up. And uh, the last time I checked, you could actually get that book for three—the e-version of that book for three bucks on Amazon. So well, 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 worth your three bucks if if you ask me. Yeah,
1: I don't know about you, Joe. I'm I'm more of a of a physical book person, but I'm trying to get into the e-book thing. I just find that the more I hold a device, the more I don't want to because I probably use my devices too much already. Um, I think it's well worth it to have it on the shelf, even just for sharing purposes, you know, so that it can get into somebody else's hands. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's that's the way I've been as of late. So, you know,
2: I have I have gotten to the point where I absolutely enjoy the ebook experience, if for no other reason than because of my travel, the sheer convenience of taking a device that has. Say two hundred books already loaded on ah, it. Ah,
1: okay, yeah, that that makes sense from your perspective. Whereas for me, the last time I was on an airplane was nineteen ninety seven.
2: Holy, holy cow, yeah, man! Okay, Basically, yeah. when I got yeah, when last... I got married
1: was the last time I was on an airplane.
2: All right, all right. What else have we reviewed recently? We've done uh, we've listened to some new uh, new releases, and some of them are, are quite good. We uh, we did a review of the latest from Rend Collective.
1: Yeah, and and I was very impressed by that. Uh, I I n I'd heard the name, but I'd never really listened to the music. Um, but I was blown away not only by by their musicianship and the vocals, but just how they did that album. Um, I mean, you had to even um, remind me that this thing was done live. Yeah, and it was done. It was done on a beach, right?
2: Yeah, li- recorded live on the beach. I mean, yeah. Uh, when you listen to it, how they managed. Logistically, to do that is pretty pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, and we and there was also other releases such as Daniel Bashta, um, which I know a lot of people were anticipating, and also Christine Declario, which I had never heard of, but w- was again blown away by her vocals. Um, and I noticed she was very engaged with fans, like very engaged with people when when the release came out too, which was really neat to see.
2: Yeah, she's a. Well, she's very big in uh, the Latin American community, and she's Mm -hmm. released a couple of pretty successful albums there. This is her first venture into the uh, English-speaking market, and uh, it's very good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing, that was our first um, of many attempts at providing an audio review as well as a written review because we realized, just like Joe, that people travel, people are in, in... commutes in their cars so you may not get time to read a review so we're hoping to provide audio reviews as well as the written reviews and Christine Declario's was the first one and um, we'll try to keep it to two minutes
2: yeah that's uh, that's why we branded it the two minute uh, music review so as soon as I get to three minutes you guys can throw that back in my face (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, Joe, why don't why don't we get right to who we're going to talk about or talk to today? Uh, who who is our interview subject for today?
2: Yeah, um, our guest for this episode is our friend Mandy Thompson. She's not a household name, but we've known Mandy uh, for a couple of years, two or three years. Uh, we've known her as a prolific songwriter. She uh, famously or infamously a couple of years ago. Challenged herself to write a hundred songs in a year and, and was successful at it. Um, mm, she's yeah. also the former co-host of a podcast that's near and dear to Dan and I, uh, the Songwriters Cafe. That's right. Um, she was the, the original co-host of that show, and uh, she's a, a, an eloquent and intelligent artist. Um, so we uh, we invited her to join us and talk uh, to talk to us about her latest artistic endeavors, and uh, by means of introduction. Um, because she 's such an eloquent person, we thought we 'd go ahead and just grab what 's on her website as she describes herself
1: yeah, and her name is Mandy Thompson with a p, whereas my name is Thompson with no P, just to make sure people know if they 're going to go to her site it 's Mandy Tomp with a p thompson dot com and Mandy is an ever evolving artist whose current obsessions and this is from her website include mixed media and iphonography. <laughs> she fell in love with a preacher 10 years ago, and they make their home near the Georgia coast. She's actually not that far from me. She's on the East Coast, but kind of due south, uh, where life is all, almost always sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> and, and this is, I'm quoting her still. And she's learning that faith, much like life, isn't always sunshine and rainbows. So there you go. Mandy vulnerably shares her life and faith through various forms of art, be it painting or singing or writing. Uh, Basically, Mandy is an all-around artist. Um, That's what I got from just even if I didn't know her personally, um, or at least through, you know, social media. I've never met her personally, but, you know, we've had a chance to uh, engage with her in social media. So we understand what she does and where she comes from and uh, the various art forms but she she touches so many different types of artwork from from music to um, picture art and all the different ways i've never even heard of i don't even understand what mixed media is really but hopefully as we go into this interview we'll learn a little bit more
2: very good without further ado let's listen to the conversation Morning, Mandy Thompson, and how are Good.
0: you? I'm great. How are you doing, Jeff? Good.
2: Thank you for joining us this morning. It is no morning, here.
0: Yes, 630
2: morning here. Yes. 6:30 in too. Oregon and 9:30 there.
0: I'm doing better than you, I would say, on the morning time.
2: Uh, you win. Yeah. <laughs> you win on that. But I'll tell you, there's a number of people that I interview where it'd be like 11 o'clock their time mm-hmm. and 8 mine, and we are both waking up about the same Still. time. Yeah. They're they're uh, looking are musicians a lot of
0: the time right right? yeah late nights and all that stuff yeah
2: Mm -hmm. so I've got on your resume here
0: I um, have a resume
2: well you know (laughs) I don't know do you you haven't sent one to me so I am i don't
0: know it's it's been a long time yeah you can make up a resume for me
2: all right well just in terms of things that should be on your resume so we had so we have worship leader songwriter um what else should I be putting on this list
0: Art journaling instructor, mixed media artist. That that's about that's good enough right now, I think.
2: All right, your your aspirations—they're—they're going to stop there for the time being.
0: Is that aspirations like goals or aspirations like heavy, fast, panicked breathing? Because they can go in either category, really. But, you know, I kind of like I kind of like the thought of aspirations because like in the in the secondary definition of of the breathing, because for me, a lot of my right right now, I mean, and it was the same with songwriting, but a a lot of my visual work is an exhale. It's a moment for me to really, you know, breathe in and breathe out about life. And I think I like aspirations. I, I might need to do something with that. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. I'm, I'm here to inspire <laughs> uh, as opposed to aspire, right? <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, you mentioned art journaling instruction. So my first impression was that it, you know, based on just brief research, it looks a little like scrapbooking, but I know that that's not what it is. So help me out, understand what, what's art journaling and how did you get to be an instructor for art journaling?
0: Okay. Well, I would say first art journaling, if you, if you want to use as your plumb line, um, scrapbooking, what is it called? Scrapbooking. Um, then I would, I would say. Scrapbooking leans more in the direction of capturing memories. Um, you know, like when you do, usually when people do scrapbooking, they are chronicling, they are visually capturing a moment. in, in the sense of a trip or a, you know, a year at school or, you know, first year of college or what or the baby's first year or whatever, you know, they're, they're making a book of memories that is kind of free form ish that has different elements of, um, scraps to it. Um, and so with, with art journaling, it's a little more expressive. It's, it's less about, To me, and I think to most people who are art journals, art journalers, it's less about chronicling a memory and more about making a statement of your internal place, making a statement. Okay. Okay. For instance, for people who journal, journaling is different from keeping a diary. Keeping a diary would probably be a word form of a scrapbooking where you just write down, you know, you just have a log of what you did that day. And and journalers, are they more process life through, you know, their, their content can be more um, abstract. It can be less definitive. You know, it's not about what definitely happened or didn't happen, and then you put your wants and your fears and your emotions. And, you know, journaling is more messy and more um, bulky, heavy, weighty. And so art journaling, I would say, is more like journaling processing life but through visual representation. You can words I mean there are a lot of words in art journaling but it's also you know an abstract life processing um, kind of moment and to be honest for, for me it's not like when I'm art journaling I sit down and think okay this is what I want to put on the page today. I When I sit down to art journal I'm, I'm having a conversation with, I'm checking in with myself and so I may discover things about my life while I am processing it through my art journal page. Does that
2: make sense? Yeah, well, let me ask you though, <clears throat> if you're sitting down and you're not necessarily certain what's going to end up there. Right. What is your I mean, what does the setup look like? What does that space look like that you've established for yourself in order to to really have everything there for you?
1: Well,
0: I've I've actually found that when I am doing art journaling, the less material I have, the less um, choices I have, the better the more i 'm able to focus on my actual thought, the more i 'm able to focus on what what's going on in my head and what I want to process so i 'll have you know like some sometimes it'll be a collage sort of focus, and i 'll have glue and i 'll have you know pieces of of paper and um Textures and things like that, and paint that I'm using. Or other days, it might be a pen and ink. I'll have my watercolors. I'll have a couple of, um, you know, water-resistant pens that I'm using, and I'll blend those. And some days it can be just color, just paint, just acrylic, and a couple of uh, tools to apply it. I don't use paintbrushes a lot, so that's kind of weird. But I, but I don't want when I'm when I'm creating like a like a mixed media piece. like artwork. I do want to have all those tools available because I like to pull them all together. But when I'm art journaling, um, I really want to focus on what's going on inside. So I don't want to distract myself.
2: You know, when I think about songwriting, I think Mm -hmm. about removing barriers to allow you to capture a thought.
0: Right. Um, Yes.
2: And I think it was even in a previous conversation with you that we talked about the, um, the lifespan of a given idea—that if you don't capture it quickly, that it—it's gone. It's not only gone, but a couple of weeks later, you listen to it and you could go. Maybe there wasn't much value to that, and it wasn't worth pursuing.
0: Oh yeah, and and I think for me, I know that my ideas, my my get excited and want to do this sort of ideas. Um, I have, if I'm lucky, I have two weeks, and I'm really. May, yeah, if I'm lucky, I have two weeks to, to, to implement something, to really push it forward. And so when I get an idea that I feel really passionate about, I want to spend as much time in that inspired energy as I can. Because I know once I lose my excitement, I'm going to be, I'm going to be wooed by the next thing. And, um, and the next thing will take the place of whatever it is that may be worth my time, that may be worth that effort. And it was the same with songwriting. When I feel like I have an inspired idea, I have something that I'm going, oh, yeah, 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 I want to put time to this. I try to really, within the next 72 hours, make space for that in my life and, um, and give it priority because I know it will, you know, it'll expire.
2: Kind of coming back to the art journaling. So in terms of that space that you have there, that's, there's almost a bit of challenging yourself to be focused um, on expressing yourself with the limited tools available as opposed to the yeah. um, a la carte, you've got everything uh, on the menu kind of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how does that lead to actually being an instructor for art journaling? How does that, how does How does that occur?
0: I'm friends with an owner of, a, you know, the paint your own pottery sort of places yeah, yeah. where, yeah, and um, she is fantastic. She's an artist as well and she was really interested in offering our, our community, a number of other avenues of, of creative expression. And so basically she called together um, a handful of creative types, artist types, and, um, and said, what do you want to do? You know, let's brainstorm possibilities of things we can offer the community. And, you know, you'll come in and partner and, you know, you'll be an instructor. For, our, for the store, for the shop. And I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I'd love to teach art journaling. And she said, it's not crazy at all. Let's do it. And so um, probably 40, 50, 60 different people, individuals come through and, um, you know, take the classes and we'll do, I, I design the material, I design the coursework. And so the things that I'm presenting, it, it's, it's stuff, it's a variety of methods of art journaling. And so it's the a la carte that you're talking about. And uh you know one day we might focus on collage, and another day we might focus on different wording techniques for for how to use text and words in your art journal pages but uh it's i mean i do a six we have a six week course, but we also have like a three hour it's i don't even know what you would call it almost like a boot camp you know you just hop in and you it, it you know you just sprint through the basics of art journaling and then I send you on your way with your journal so
2: so when you're organizing that coursework that's it's a, a right brain activity.
0: Yeah. But I but I have to I, you know I really have to focus on staying I have to consider um, you know the flow of information the stages of of understanding and how one module builds on the other the previous modules. Yeah, you know, and so um I, you know I have to think in terms of the process, the progressive development. An unfolding
1: yeah.
0: of how to art journal. So it's a bo- it's both. It who the working right and left brain at the same time makes me want to take a nap. It's really hard to be consciously aware of how and what you're thinking about while you are really trying to pay attention to what's on happening on the screen. You know, I mean, that's a whole lot of self awareness going on at one time. But I, but I will say, I recently read an article that talked about how to. Um, how to induce and maintain a state of flow? Do you know what I'm flow where where you almost lose track of time uh, in the creating process, in the doing process, you just get lost in whatever it is that yep. you're working on, and that is like that is artistic euphoria. So I was reading an article, and um, and and it, and it went along with what you were saying about the right and left brain that. You want to remove all the to-do's. You want to remove all the distractions and all the to-do's and even shut off, shut off the internet, shut off your social media, don't check emails. You know, all of those things that are, that are, um, that quickly steal your attention yeah. and make your brain move from one thing to the next. You want to, you want to get rid of all that stuff and make space for your brain to just run freely in the time and in whatever it is that you're working on. So you, you know, you stay in the flow state by not distracting yourself. You stay in the flow state by maintaining your attention on whatever it is that you're doing and don't focus on what you need to do next. And, uh, you know, and don't focus on as much of the critique process, but just let, let it, let your right brain run freely.
2: It's really about Establishing the space and then losing yourself Protecting in that. It. Yeah, um, yeah, because it, today, with, with social media and email and all those other things,
0: you, we can ruin our, our attention span.
2: It's very difficult to honor a space. You know mm-hmm. I remember um, writing songs, gosh 15 years ago, and being in my apartment and having everything laid out and I didn't have the internet, you know, I had this little drum machine and I had my guitar and a four track analog you know, machine that I bounced things Light. on. And <laughs> I would be there. I'd start work at eight in the morning and at six o'clock, I'd be like, I have to eat sometime today. But because, oh, yeah. um, and it's almost impossible to do that today because our, our computers are now what we're doing everything on or our phones and we just keep bouncing. And we're not yeah. really honoring that artistic space.
0: I think, I think the phrase multitasking has really screwed up our understanding of, of, and I don't even want to use productivity because I hate that word. It's, it's, it's screwed up our understanding of success and accomplishment. And, um, I think, you know, I think we've got about five more years of this whole smartphone pinging in your back pocket. And notifications popping up. And at some point we're all gonna say, This is too much. And we're and focus, I really think that focus is gonna shift and become the new multitasking. That that our work mode, our work cultures, and our personal pace, we are going I see individuals doing this. We're slowly pulling away from everything all the time, constantly at our fingertips. And I think for our own personal sanity. It's going to become a cultural shift pieces of ourselves falling to dust we are born into clay colored hands that can't hold I'm learning a lot right now about artists about about flow and, um, and I'm realizing that artists, we, we have to have headspace and in order to have headspace, we have to have life space and, um, you, a lot of, okay, let me just say it like this. Thinkers need to think. I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know how better to say it than that. Thinkers need to think. And people who are passionate about new thought and new ideas and, um, and new uh, m- expressions, we, we have to have a place in the time where we can let our brains do that work. And, you know, a lot, a lot of deep thinkers, mystics, creatives, artists, Philosophers and even scientists, they had regular time in their life where they would go for walks or they would have a room that was their room to go be in to think. Um, they would do things to stimulate that, spe- to have that space to, to stimulate their brain, to give their brain that place and time to really think and process. And um, our constant availability it ruins that space it's our space is unprotected because you you know i mean that just was how people lived i mean even 30 years ago even 30 years ago our space was not invaded by things as often as as it is now and our attention was not as Oh, like uh, seduced. Can we use that word? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We, we, we are. Our attention is seduced. It is seduced right now, and we, we have got to realize that the instant gratification of where was I mentioned, or how many likes did I get on Facebook, or was I mentioned on Twitter today, or did anybody reply to that cute little thing that I had to say about such and such? Come on, get does. It, I, I mean, what's more valuable, finding out if somebody retweeted you or sitting down and spending a good 30 minutes to an hour creating something beautiful? But we have to remind ourselves of what, you know, we have to set aside instant gratification and focus on what's most important and give ourselves that space and that time to really induce flow, protect flow, and, and let that be the high that we're looking for. But you it's just hard
2: i think and i i say this from personal experience many of us are really well aware of our our time
0: mm-hmm. and i don't
2: mean that uh i mean that like eternal time you know that we've got a limited right. space here and that we um, have an
0: expiration date we do
2: we have yeah we have an expiration date that's very good but um wanting to know that somehow that you left an impression someplace mm-hmm. and so and you know obviously we live in a society where instant gratification drives a lot of things whether it's money or or just the way we choose to spend our time right and um and so it's getting that little bit of buzz that comes from rec- from some form of recognition right. um really will drive you to mm-hmm. the point where you know um, it You'd never do anything. It reminds me of when you first start to date somebody um, and there's that little high that comes from every little thing that you do with that person and how you start to make choices based on that high right. that aren't necessarily long-term rational thoughts <laughs> right? Like, well
0: you you are a man who has been in love. <laughs> oh
2: too many times, too many times. But only one for only one more time. I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. Only this time. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Not one more time, because that would be uh, then I'd have to explain that to my wife. What do you mean, one more time? No, I mean, no, I mean now. I mean this one. This one.
0: This one. Right now. Right now. Sorry, baby. Uh, Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: So, reading your blog, I understand uh-huh. that you've established a goal for this year. Is um, yeah. no, is that still going? Because it's been two weeks.
0: <laughs>
2: and what is yeah, that goal? Actually, what is the goal?
0: It's been it's been it's been four, three or four, three. I don't know. I'm the, I'm ahead of schedule right now. Is really the point we need to get to? I'm feeling good about things.
2: Yeah. So what's the goal?
0: Oh, the goal, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The goal is to create 5 uh pieces of art every week. And um there are a lot there are these little rules to like the sizes and and the you know is it an art journal page that I might one day print you know, versus non-art journal like mixed media pieces or blah blah blah. I mean, I have all these. I have all these little rules to myself. But um, five pieces of of artwork a week. I get two weeks off, quote unquote. Um, I have two weeks of flex time. So, bottom line, at the end of the year, I sh- I should have produced two hundred and fifty brand new pieces.
2: So, what are some of the rules that you've self-imposed?
0: My goal for the year is called four plus and the reason for that is because um i want to create five pieces four can be regular sized which would be you know like a nine by 12 or smaller and then each week i want to make a larger piece which is anything over that so that's the plus does that make sense yeah yeah um you know cheesy little thing ha <laughs> cute but um that's one rule is that one of the pieces has to be a larger work. Um, And then another rule is that two of those pieces can come from my art journal pages because my, if you, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the art that I am currently offering um, prints, a lot of the prints that I'm currently offering are actually prints of my art journal pages. And, um, and then there's a second flow of prints that's kind of starting to come in that's out of the four plus project and that's also out of commissioned work that people have me do so um, I'm wanting to pull away from my art journal pages because that's still kind of my my personal space you know and take that same energy and take that same all those techniques and that style and put it into mixed media pieces uh, you know works of art that people can the originals can go on their walls, not just something that's stuck in my art journal that's stored away, but, um, you know, get more into a mixed media, fine art sort of flow. So that's the four plus and only, only two a week can be art journal pages.
2: Well, what made you move into, into mixed media, you know, considering that songwriting was a focus for quite a while? How did you get into mixed media?
0: Well, um, the mixed media came from art journaling and, just as a, as a weird side note, so that you'll understand how how in the world did I land in this? Um, I grew up. I was actually telling a friend of mine this this past weekend. I grew up as a as a visual artist. I guess. I mean, my childhood. I was drawing and painting, and I had private art lessons, and you know, all of my electives in high school went to the art class, and you know, and I was in contests, and you know accolades and all that. And everybody everybody from my hometown just assumed that I had gone to the Savannah College of Art and Design. You know, and that kind of thing, you know, that I was just going to be in art, that that was my career. But I didn't. And um you know, 15 years later, here I am in my early mid 30s and this has suddenly popped back up in my life and it's popped back up in a very real very real way and it started when I started processing my life through art journaling. It started when I had some pretty big changes that I was facing and um, I was processing the place that depression has in my life and I was processing our marriage and I was processing my ministry and um, you know, and, a, and a, a woman that I respect greatly, she said, "Mandy, you probably could really figure some things out if you started art journaling." And that's literally how it happened. Um, and art journaling is a mixed media um, expression. You know, you get into acrylics, you get into drawing and charcoal and and a collage and you know, watercolor and all that. All that stuff is thrown into the pot of art journaling. And so that's really how it happened. So the mixed media. Work that I do now is a direct result of my experience as an art journaler. What an answer! So sorry, that took me forever.
2: No, no, that's good though. It's good to understand how you got there. When you look at whether it's creative endeavors or professional endeavors, very seldom do you end up where you, you intended from the outset. So uh-huh, yeah. you, you wake up one day and you go, And there gosh, you are. When I was nine, I thought I was going to be doing this, and yet here I am doing this. Right, us huh. see.
0: That's what's funny though, Joe, is because when I was nine, I thought I would be doing this and I gave up on it when I was about 19. I decided, you know what? That's probably never going to happen. And so it's really strange how my life has come full circle like that. Cause I now am doing the thing that, you know, was my childhood dream. So I'm, I'm pretty content with life right now.
2: I think that's good. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting for me. Um, as I look at my daughter, as somebody mm. who's you know nearly nineteen, and her, um, her looking into uh, her future and planning for that, and you know it involves theater, it involves mm-hmm. art, mm-hmm. and as the father who, as a parent who wants to help their child avoid pain and difficulty, you're going, no, no, do something more practical with your life.
0: Right, 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 right.
2: But then I look <clears throat> uh, from from my perspective at my own life and it's yeah take care of that professional stuff to make the paycheck but then make sure you're pursuing your passions right. make sure you leave space for that yep. and it's just interesting that's it's almost the, exactly the opposite message that that I'm giving my child
0: well you know, i get i get what you're saying because that was a similar you know i had i i got that at about her age as well and here's a here's the thing and this is hard to explain to a to a teenager that artist. What
2: isn't actually? <laughs> Go ahead.
0: I'm going to put you on the prayer list, brother. <laughs> um, but what what artists have to come to realize? We have to accept the fact that the vast majority of us will not our art artistic expression. It will not bring in. Um, it, you can't. It's not. It's not a good way to make a living. It's just not. And um, you know we have to accept that. While not forsaking that passion of self expression, and so you know most artists have a second job, most artists have a sugar daddy I'm married one um, you know you, but you see what i 'm saying most of us do, we we have to realize that we're not going to be able to live off of our art, and that's okay that is just how it is because you know, the vast majority of everyday people, number one, don't have the money, they can't afford original artwork. And then number two, you know, it's hard to compete with peer one and the cute stuff at Target. And do you see what I'm saying? So when once we accept that we need to have a secondary or a primary form of income, that's not related to our artwork once we realize that that does not mean failure for the artist you're all you're actually freeing yourself up to really let your art be what it should be does that make sense
2: that makes absolute sense it's okay I think it feels like uh, a lot of folks especially when we're younger and more passionate right that when you choose a career for the sake of stability that you're selling selling out somehow your um, your art that you're saying yeah. um, I'm I'm not willing to take that chance and to dedicate time to that. Right. Um, it's too practical. I'm giving in to the world.
0: Yeah, and I think what's hard too is that in in our culture, in our current culture, our careers are synonymous with our identity, and that mm, I don't think that's fair to a lot of people. I think there are. I, I think it's a beautiful thing when people the core of who they are, their essence matches up with their career, you know, but there are a lot of people out there who are working in a job to make money and support their family and have a, you know, and have a, have a live a life, a comfortable life, but they wouldn't necessarily say, you, who are you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm a telemarketer. I
2: mean, yeah.
0: I, and I've been a telemarketer and I don't, I don't, that's not who I am, you know? And so I think we have made the mistake of having our identities, our sense of self synonymous with our career. And that just, we need to, we need to let that go.
2: what are good ways to be in touch with you
0: um uh, now is the part where we ironically talk about social media as a valued method of staying in touch with somebody
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh I feel like I'm forsaking our former conversation okay. um <clears throat> yeah you can I, I have a my landing page, mandythompson.com, and that will, that will steer you to my blog, which um, I try to have something up there about once a week right now regarding this goal, this four plus, just to give people an idea of what I'm doing with that. Um, Twitter, Mandy Thompson. Facebook, Mandy Thompson Art. Instagram, Mandy Thompson. You know, that's my name. So I try to be pretty consistent. Oh, and then Etsy my etsy shop is mandy thompson art and um and i'm about to put some really fun stuff up there that i'm excited about so
2: so we're going to be tracking you uh, this year toward your goal
0: yes <laughs> keep an eye on me joe
2: <laughs> I, well i i do i do actually not not in a stalker sense but just in a uh, a uh, how's my friend mandy doing on her goals oh, and
0: i really appreciate that thank you
2: That was our interview with Mandy Thompson, and the song you heard at the end is a song that she wrote herself called Broken. So thanks, Mandy, for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. Dan, uh, what'd you think about the interview?
1: Well, I thought it was great. Um, It's always great talking to Mandy and hearing from her. Uh, The funny spot, though, was when she was talking about social media and uh, her concern about the word seduce. I thought that was funny.
2: No, that was great. Yeah. I love the fact that she asked for permission um, <laughs> about whether or not she could say could could use that term. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't.
1: But, I don't think we have any censors on our podcast. Uh,
2: not that I'm aware of. I mean, we are a Christian podcast, but um, you know, life life occurs, and uh, we're not here to to uh, to hide from anybody. So it yeah. was great. I, I appreciate um, Mandy for just being an honest person who's uh, a, a true artist in just about every sense of the word mm-hmm. you know we we spent some time talking about art journaling and mixed media which are the um which are uh, are the mediums in which she's currently working but she really addressed you know what it means to be an artist and how to find that space to really honor your art and i think that's great a great message for anybody who is involved in any art whether it's songwriting or spoken word or um, or some form of visual art,
1: right? So. Yeah. Well, what's coming up next, Joe?
2: Well, I, we both noticed you and I as we were editing <laughs> the previous couple of podcasts that the word "absolutely" is one that we use altogether too frequently. <laughs> so
1: that's right.
2: Yeah, and you had to stop yourself from saying "absolutely" right there. I was there. thinking. I, it, it.
1: I was thinking it the whole time. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
2: we commit to say. To using the word absolutely much less in the future and, so, and
1: as well as the as the term um, um and i just did it there
2: <laughs> yeah yeah that's all good so okay so our next interview which will be out in two weeks is a conversation that i had with phil long who's a spoken word artist this is a guy who's passionate about poetry and he is a guy who is very involved in the secular poetry slam scene. When I say secular, I mean he's he may be a Christian man who writes poetry about his faith, but when he competes in poetry slams, and poetry slams are competitions where poets read or recite their original work, he is competing against secular poets and does and does pretty well and finds that that challenge is something that he really appreciates and helps him be a better artist through that so a fascinating interview uh, if you're not familiar with po- the world of poetry slams cue it up
1: yeah i'm i'm just becoming familiar with it being a youth pastor some of the youth uh, share things with me. And a lot of the time it's it's poetry slams or, or, you know, like rappers and different ways that people are doing different art forms. And uh, the the thing I, the way I've been looking at it is, you know, you're talking about how he happens to be a Christian, but he's doing it in the secular realm. In the same way, like, we look at football players or any sports type people, like, that's a secular environment too. It's just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have to be labeled that way and have to stick in a genre. I mean, you know, that artistry is where it's at. I mean, it's it's not about how you think, it's about what you do, right? And that is the art form. So you don't have to, like, stick to a certain community in order to be successful as a Christian artist, right?
2: Absolutely. And you'll get more of that if you tune in on that that interview. Uh, he and I spoke for about an hour, so I'm actually going through and trimming out some stuff uh, where we talked about the Super Bowl and some other stuff that you guys don't care about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but he did have um, a lot to share that uh, I think is just fascinating and addresses that very topic.
1: And isn't it funny, Joe, that you just said the word absolutely?
2: Dang it. Okay, we're, we're cutting that out. <laughs> All right. What else is coming up? I've got... Uh, uh, a review of Cold Case Confidential, uh, a book uh, written by J. Warner Jim Wallace. It's a, an apologetic, and Wallace is a veteran homicide detective and he applies his experience as a detective to investigate the claims of the Gospels. So, that sounds interesting, interesting actually. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a really interesting approach, and I'm looking forward to writing the review. I'll just give you a heads up that um, it's one that you'll probably want to pick up in hardcover because people, I have found people see that book. They want to know about that book. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing they say is, can I read that when you're done?
1: All right, Joe, thanks for all that. And, uh, thanks for another episode and be sure folks to check out, uh, what's going on on our social media. Uh, Joe and I try to stay pretty active there. We appreciate you visiting and and engaging with us. You can find us on Twitter at frequency fm, and you can find us also on Facebook at the same handle, but facebook.com/slash frequency fm, and you can also contact us via email at frequency dot dot fm at gmail.com.
2: let